Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Frank, and I'm just so glad that you are here with us today. Um, as we finish our series out called Empowered, where we're taking a look at the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. And, and so if today's your first day, I just want to catch you up real quick. The first one is Holy Spirit, search me. Pastor Dave did a great job talking about the Holy Spirit either convicts us, and we don't like that word, but it's often just to bring us towards God and to reveal more of who he is in areas in our life where we maybe need to turn over to his working and leading in our lives. But then he also encourages us. That when we begin to get it right, the Holy Spirit is there saying, yes, that's right. Keep living, keep moving, keep living for God. Then we talked about how the Holy Spirit leads us to truth and to obedience. And it's in those two that we fully live for God. And then last week, Carlton talked about how the Holy Spirit fills us. And it's out of that overflow that we have the ability to witness and to shine bright for Christ wherever we are. Today we're talking about how the Holy Spirit changes us. I don't know about you, change is hard, and there are, but there are also things in my life that I wish that I could change at the same time. Um, I coach a, a high school baseball team in the area, and the season is done, which I'm very grateful for, because um, I get to be home at night a little bit and have dinner with my family, but um, this year it, we were in the county tournament, and we pulled off a big upset in a wild game, and it was a game I'll probably remember forever, and we get to the semifinal game, and uh, it's 1-0, the other team, and, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. We both have chances, um, and neither of us are scoring, and, and kids are making big plays, and we end up losing one nothing. And for the next day, uh, the coaches were texting each other, man, I shouldn't have had that kid steal that base and get thrown out. I should have done something here. And you go back, and you wish that you could change all of the things that didn't go your way. This week was our banquet to wrap up the season, and even then, it had been weeks since that game happened, and it's still, man, I wish I could have changed the outcome of that game. If that one ball fell, if the wind didn't blow it to that fielder, the game would have been different. This is a lighthearted example, but if we're honest, we all wish that we could change things. And yet we also know that the tension is that change can be so difficult. I don't know about you, but like another light-handed hearted is I, I bit my nails my whole life. No matter how hard I try, I stop. I can't stop. And, and there will be like two weeks where I don't do it, and then I'm like, man, those things are getting long. Like they're looking kind of good. You know, I got to bite them and get it back under control. But for you today, it's something that you wish would change. And maybe it's the state of our world. You look at it and you see the division, the anger, the brokenness, and you wish that that could change. And yet as you look at it, you feel like, man, that's such an impossible task. How could we ever change the world? But then there are also the deeper things about us that we wish we could change. Maybe it's the habit nobody knows about, the thoughts that if somebody knew may change their opinion of us the generational trauma that's been passed down in our family that we feel like we are going to become that. For you today, what's something that you wish you could change? And to get a little deeper now, I, the same tension exists in my life. For me, becoming a parent has been one of the hardest things in my life because it continues to reveal how selfish I am. 
I like my life my way. I want to wake up when I want to wake up. I want to go to bed when I want to go to bed. I want to be able to do things that I enjoy, and I can't. And there's a tension. Why is this still here, right? My daughter is 19 months old now. I should be past this by now, or at least a little better with it. And yet it's the same thing. I wake up, I'm tired, I want a minute to decompress, and there she is with her arms up, hold me, play with me. And everything in me screams, like, leave me alone. Why does that stay? For you today, again, what's something that you wish you could change? Maybe it's something you've tried to change for years and it's never worked. Maybe you're battling something now that you want to change. You see where it's going and you wish that something could change it. Again, a generational thing and you see it stirring up in your life and you don't want to become who your parents were, who your grandparents were, and yet you feel like you're stuck to become it. Today, there's good news. Again, the gospel isn't a try-harder gospel, but it's that God gives us his very essence and nature in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us and gives us the ability to change. There is power to change in knowing the Holy Spirit. And again, this is good news for all of us. And yet the way that it happens is so counter the way that we think. If you're anything like me, it's often grasping control and trying harder and doing more of the things that I think are going to help me get better, but it's actually yielding to the Spirit and giving Him space to move in our lives. We all recognize, if we're honest, there's a need for change in our lives. And the crazy thing about it is we live in an age where we see that we need to change, and instead of addressing it, we just surround ourselves with people who think like us and do the same things. Like, hey, I know I'm angry and I need to change that, and instead of doing that, like, let me just hang out with angry people and we'll just rip on all of the things that we can and be critical and cancel because it's easier to be with people like that than it is to change. Change is looked at as bad in our culture. Be your authentic self. Be who you want to be. But again, it takes yielding to the spirit where we begin to see true change happen. Again, we've all wrestled with things that we wish we could change. Or if I could just get past this, I would know God more. We long for a deeper relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit sees this need and he stands by ready to transform us. Again, today, are we willing to yield? So how does the Spirit change us? We're going to walk through just a few different scriptures and take a look at this idea. The first one is he brings regeneration and renewal. The Holy Spirit brings about a spiritual rebirth in our hearts. This is often referred to as being born again, and maybe you've been in church circles for a little while and you hear that. Maybe you're new today and you're like me when I was a kid and heard that for the first time, and I'm like, wait, I'm going to be born again? Like, that's weird. How does that happen? Good news. It's an inward change, not outward. In John 3, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Again, there is a need to turn our hearts towards God. And it's in doing so that we see the kingdom of God and his very work begins to move in our hearts and in our lives. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, our hearts and our minds are renewed. We're made new creations. 
2 Corinthians says this, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. For those of you who may be struggling with this tension, I would encourage you to take a picture of this verse, remember it, remind yourself. Because one of the first things that will happen is you'll be in this service and the spirit may stir something in your heart to change and then you walk out and maybe that thought, that habit is staring you in the face again and you think, same old. And I wanna encourage you, remind yourself of this verse. The old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creation in Christ. And there's an importance to remembering scripture and reminding yourselves of things like this. Because for some of you, the, the, maybe the change will be instant and quick and it'll move on. But others of you will be like me where it is a lifelong wrestling with these things and in this moment, speak truth. And yeah, maybe you'll fall short once, but it doesn't mean that you continue to live in that pattern. You are a different creation, live in it. This is a powerful declaration of the work that takes place when we become followers of Jesus. We become new. We are transformed. This means our spiritual identity is completely changed. We are no longer defined by our past sins, our failures, our old way of life. We are given new standing. We're regenerated. We're recreated new. We are given a new life in Christ with his spirit. The old has been overcome by what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Through faith in Jesus, we experience change. Again, that's the beauty of this gospel. It's in what Jesus has already accomplished, we have the ability to change. And so today, even as we talk about change in the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to hear this. This is bad. I'm gonna leave and try harder. I want you to hear, I can't change, but the Holy Spirit can. And I need to yield to him and let him speak and move in my life. And the way that this happens, the first way is this, the Spirit leads us to repentance. Again, the Spirit will bring things in our life where we know that maybe we have drifted and fallen away from what God desires to us and the Holy Spirit stirs that in our hearts. And again, we are in a day and an age, we don't like that. I feel bad about this, like let me just bury that and pretend like it doesn't exist and ignore it as much as I can. There is good news in conviction and God's stirring something in our hearts because God sees the greater picture than we do and he is drawing us back to himself because that's where we experience life. Repentance is where we turn from sin, and it's replaced by a desire to love and obey God. When I was younger, uh, I enjoyed fighting with people just to like fight with them. For me, it was enjoyable. Um, it speaks to my angry state a little bit, but like I would say things specifically probably most to my sister because she's very easily um, rustled and so like I would just say something and we'd be going at it and it was fun to me and the interesting thing is God has begun to kind of work on my heart and my anger it's like when my wife now will point something out in my life my first response is I'm sorry and it, and it often feels like I'm trying to shut down what she's saying but it's actually the this you're right 
Like, I did hurt you there. I'm sorry. You're right. I did say I would do that, and I didn't. That's my bad. Like, I need to be better about that. And see, it's not like just a putting off, but it's an actual, she calls something, I hear it, and I change the way that I live because I want to honor her and love her well. That's what repentance looks like in the spirit. As we begin to hear God's voice and he calls things out, it's instead of fighting or wrestling or ignoring it, we just say, you're right, God. I surrender, I submit, I yield my spirit to you so that your life would come in this. Why does this matter? Again, this is the source of where the spirit works and moves and draws us back to God. Renewal and repentance bring about something we call in church called sanctification, which is simply looking more like Christ, desiring the things that he does, and the Holy Spirit is actively involved in this process. Again, the process of becoming more like Christ. What does that look like? Well, if you're not sure, I encourage you, read the New Testament, the Gospels, see what Jesus looked like. That might be a good action step. But Jesus was patient, and kind, and loving. He spent time with people that everyone overlooked. He was incredibly kind and compassionate. And the Spirit works to transform our thoughts, our attitudes, and our behavior so that we look like Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 says it this way. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Again, this paints this idea. God will make this happen if we're faithful. And again, this isn't about trying harder it's about being obedient to what God is calling us to. And if we do that, the Holy Spirit will take care of the transformation in our lives. Through the Holy Spirit's guidance and empowerment, we are able to live holy lives. We are able to live in the glory and the goodness of God. We bear the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things are birthed out of knowing God. Galatians 2 says this, <coughs> I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, following Jesus is putting ourselves in the ground with him and coming out of it in new life. If you're a new follower of Jesus, that's why we do baptism, to kind of show that regeneration that takes place. And exciting news, we will have our first baptism as a church in August. The exact date is coming, but we're looking forward to it. And so if that's something you're wrestling with or thinking about, we would love to walk that through with you. So the Spirit is the agent of change but it takes us yielding. <clears throat> Today, there is nothing too hard for God. You are not stuck anywhere. You are not bound to become who people before you may have been. 
You're not stuck in the life that you may be living now, in that habit, that pattern, that addiction. You fill in the blank. Because the very presence of God is alive and at work in your life. And if that is possible, and again, we have to understand how crazy of a concept that was to people who, who knew God before Jesus they had to go through rituals and laws and rules to enter one room where God's presence was, and they had to do everything right. And then Jesus was the very temple of God among earth, and now it's in us. That, that, that presence of God that was so inaccessible and hard is now available to us, and if that's possible, then anything is. That the very presence of God can dwell in us Everything can change in a moment. But transformation, again, is brought by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's in a moment, and sometimes it's a lifelong process. But it takes our surrender and active participation to allow the Spirit to guide us. But as we surrender, we can experience change like we never thought was possible. And the beautiful thing about this See, this isn't just change for change's sake, but it's as God transforms us that it brings greater intimacy with God. And that's the goal, to know God more, to know his voice, to know his leading, so that we can live in complete relationship with him. That, that's the goal of the story. In Genesis 1, we see that was the case. Adam and Eve live fully with God, and then sin comes and makes a barrier between, but the ultimate goal is to live in perfect union with God, and as we yield to the Spirit, and as He changes us, and as His glory overtakes our hearts, our intimacy, our knowledge of who God is grows. Again, this is where we were created to be. In Scripture, as people encounter the presence of God, they were marked. You look all throughout Scripture as people see God and they experience in Moses. Uh, God drifts over a mountain and he sees just a glimpse of him and it completely changes. His face reflects God's glory. The same thing is true today. As we experience the glory of God, it should mark us, it should change us. There should be moments where we come and we surrender fully to God and in that we believe and we know that it changes everything. This is life change. It's why we create space at the end of service to come up and pray and have moments to surrender ourselves and come alongside because I believe wholeheartedly these moments change us. I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for moments like that where God spoke and it changed my life drastically. So today, um, there's just kind of, we're going to walk through two stories of two people. Um, I'm stealing from Pastor Dave here. If you're part of Connect Groups, he likes naming fake people and walking through it, so I'm going to do it in this message today. There was Jill. Jill struggled with insecurity and fear of rejection. She had a difficult childhood filled with broken relationships, and it created a sense that she wasn't worthy. She carried these wounds into her adult life. She was constantly seeking validation and affirmation from other people. However, one day, somebody invited her to a church, and it was in the service that she encountered the Holy Spirit at work in her life for the first time. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit began revealing the root causes of her insecurity and fear 
And he began to speak and show her that her true identity was found in Christ. And as the Holy Spirit continued to gently remind her, hey, your security isn't here, it's in Jesus, she began to grow more confident. The Spirit reminded her that her worth was because she was a child of God. She no longer sought the approval from others, but found fulfillment in Christ. And even with this, in our, in our church, we have something called Kairos moments, and this is the goal of it. Whereas the Spirit begins to reveal parts of our heart where maybe we're seeking approval from others, it's a gentle reminder to tell ourselves, my approval comes from Jesus. Or maybe you're like me and you just like to hold on to control at all costs. I find the Spirit often nudging my heart and saying, surrender and trust. You holding on to control isn't going to bring what you think. Then there was John. John was known for his hot temper and his anger. His outbursts often caused harm to the people that he cared about most, and it hurt his personal growth. He would often think, I come to church and I leave and I'm so angry. Why is that happening? And then just in a normal Sunday, he encountered the Holy Spirit during a worship service. The Spirit opened his eyes to the hurt that he was causing. <coughs> but then the Spirit also showed him how to respond in challenging situations. And it reminded him that one of the fruits of the Spirit, again, is patience and peace and kindness. He began to see the root causes of his anger. And he began to work on them and deal in them and surrender them to God to bring healing. And as he did that, he developed self-control and patience. The things that used to spark rage and anger out of his life, now there was patience. There was kindness. John learned to pause, reflect, and to seek God's guidance before reacting. And in those moments, the Spirit of God would speak to him. And he discovered peace it comes from relying in the Spirit's strength. That often the moments where he thought he needed to take control and his anger would give him what he needed, he realized peace brought healing. His relationships grew stronger. He became a source of encouragement and support to others. People looked at him and saw a living testimony of what it looks like when God would change a heart. Today there's hope for us. The areas of your life that you think could never change, they're a doorway for the power of God to be dis at display in your life. And again, for some of us, things will change in a moment. And for others of us, we will wrestle with these the rest of our life. Regardless, today again, there is hope. It doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus. We will never be perfect on this side. And so if that's the case, we need to continually surrender. Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Where can you move? Where can I reflect more of your glory? God can do anything. Today, are we willing to surrender? Today, as we close, maybe you're here. You're trying to figure out where you stand. Uh, do I follow Jesus? Do I not? First of all, thank you for being here. We're so glad that you're here and wrestling with us and part of the journey. We are so thankful for your questions. Ask them. We would love to walk alongside of you. But today, again, we can be changed because God first pursued us. And, and this idea is so baffling, in our, again, in our cultural moment, because often it's easy to help people who do something for us first. God came to us while we didn't do anything. 
And he didn't view our brokenness as a reason to discard us. He didn't think, hey, you messed up, that's it. But instead, he took on our brokenness so that we could be made whole. He wore our brokenness on the cross. And he conquered death so now that we can put on the righteousness of God. And it all starts with Jesus' death and resurrection. And let me say today, if you make a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to know we have some things in place to help you continue to grow in that. But I also want you to know, like, just because you make that decision today, this is a lifelong process. We are so glad that maybe you do and you're part of the family of God and we want to celebrate that and walk alongside of you. But it's just the beginning of the journey. And it's a wild journey. But it's the most incredible one that there is because it results in life now and forever. For those of us who do follow Jesus, I want to kind of wrap this series up and land here. In James 3, we read this. It says, The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace, loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. This is what it looks like as the Spirit begins to transform us and to change us. And just two things I think that are important to the current climate that we're in. The first one is the wisdom of God is pure. It's not mixed with people's opinions or worldviews. And so my challenge would be, as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, is like, get away this week, create some space where you hear wisdom from God. And not through your own filter, not through like filters that you really buy into, but like actually hear from God. Wisdom from Him is pure. And again, willing to yield. Would we give the Spirit room to work in our lives? What does it mean to yield within the driving context? You come up to a yield sign. means you slow down and the person coming has the right to go ahead of you. I don't know about you, people seem to ignore those signs lately. It's a little frustrating. Um, There's a certain like kind of car, Teslas, where they feel like they don't need to follow road signs at this point. Willing to yield gives the other person the right to go ahead of you and you follow them. Would that be the posture we have with the Spirit? We yield. Spirit, take the lead. And we'll follow wherever you lead. Because we know that where you're leading us brings us to know more of God. That we would be peace-loving, gentle at all times, full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. We don't show favoritism. And we are always sincere. Imagine if the church looked like this. Imagine if the church had wisdom from God that was pure. Not tainted by so many different things that we add to it in the current climate. But we actually yielded and let the Spirit lead us. Not our opinions, not our need to be right. Because ultimately this leads to transformation. 2 Corinthians 3 is one of my favorite verses. Might be because my youth group was named this when I was a teenager and it was like in the formative years, but it says this. All of us who have had that veil removed 
can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. The glory of God, it changes us. Not so that we, like, look better. Not so that we're more nice, although those are good things. But so that God would be seen in us. And I read a commentary, and, and I like this illustration. If you've heard it before, I'm sorry, but I think it's incredible. The readers in, in Corinth, as they're getting this letter, would understand the, what was happening here. At that time, the mirrors were kind of just a piece of sheet metal that they would put in a room. And at first, when you looked at the mirror, you couldn't see anything. It was just a piece of metal. But over time, they would polish it. And with each layer of polish, an image would be clearer. And so the more that they would, they would polish this piece of metal, the clearer the reflection of the person would be. And the church of Corinth understood this, that as God and the Spirit work in our lives, it polishes us. And again, not so that people see us, but that the glory of God would shine and radiate through us. That when people look at us, they don't see us. They see what God can do how he can change a life, how he still works and moves today. The very transformation we read in scripture, it happens today. But are we willing to yield and surrender to that? Again, the good news, he takes us from places of brokenness, sin, weakness, and he turns us into vessels of his glory. The Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out the very deepest parts of who we are that we often think that we may need to hide, God changes them. And he draws out the image of God in all of us. And this journey, this transformation, is brought about by yielding to the Spirit. The Spirit, the very presence of God, the very glory of God at work in our lives. And again, this isn't just like a, a nice idea. God promises this. He who began the good work will finish. Again, today, maybe you're in a place where you've been, you've been trying to overcome a habit or something, and maybe you made some progress. Maybe you've fallen back in. Today, I want to say there's hope. Maybe today, God is just beginning to stir something in your heart and seeing an area in your life where you need to yield to his leading. Today, I want to tell you there is so much hope in May we follow him wherever he leads. And as we do, my prayer is that the glory of God would overtake your home, your family, your workplace. People don't see us, they see the glory of God. Well, one of my favorite things right now is just this idea, again, heaven coming to earth and the glory of God dwelling. You know, we're called to reach East Windsor and Heights Town, and my favorite thing is, like, I have a map of East Windsor on my desk, and, like, checking in X where people from our, that town come. The glory of God's at work in that corner of East Windsor. Map Park, Heights Town, Twin Rivers. The same thing is true for all of us. Again, will we reflect the glory of God? The Spirit's work in our lives. Will we not reflect opinions of ourselves, our own values? And it's hard. I get it. I understand. 
Would we shine bright in a dark world? Again, we live in a day where change is hard, where maybe we even think we don't need to. My prayer and my heart for you is that you would surrender to God and let him do what he would want in your life. Today, God loves you too much to leave you the same. And the hurt and the pain and all the things that you walk in with, man, God has so much more for you than that. And he literally sends his presence, the Holy Spirit, to come and to dwell in us, to give us what we need to overcome it. So today, I'm just going to have a space and a moment just to respond. Um, The team is going to lead us through a song, encourage you, stand and sing. Maybe it's just a time to yield, give the spirit room to search your heart, to speak. And we'll also just have some of our staff up here as well. We would love to pray with you. Uh, Maybe you've been on a journey of of trying to change and you just feel like you're smashing your head against the proverbial wall. We would love to pray with you and believe that the Spirit can give you the strength you need. Or maybe there's just something going on in your life that has nothing to do with what we talked about today. We'd still love to pray with you. We believe prayer matters and makes a difference. And so it would be our honor to join you in prayer. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.